listening to GP Life Hacks with Dr. David Land. Chronic dermatology, literally there will be pattern recognition, like literally if it looks like this, the answer is this, oh yes, sweet, There's, there it is, answer C, the MCQ. That stuff like molluscum contagiosum, shingles, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. okay. Other than that, you can literally divide all of dermatology, well, almost all of dermatology into this is an infectious rash or it's a non-infectious inflammatory rash. Yeah. Okay. With regard to infectious rashes, it's just like everything else in life with regard to infections. They can be caused by viruses, bacteria or fungi. The rule of thumb, thus is life, it tends to be if it's a viral rash, it won't look too bad and there'll be heaps, heaps well. If it's bacterial, it will give you your gut feel like, oh, that looks infected. So if you look at a rash and go like, oh, that looks infected because it's crusty or it's leaking pus or something like that, it probably is bacterial, okay? And, you know, you can broadly call that impetigo. Mm. There's obviously secondary infections of dermatitis and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Don't have to think too long and hard about it because at the end of the day, if you think it's a bacterial rash, obviously the answer to treatment is... Exactly right. So you don't have to think too long and hard. Am I going to call it impetigo? Am I going to call it like secondary effects, dermatitis, blah, blah, blah. It's all the same stuff. Coming to bacterial infections, what is the most common bacteria that will give you an infected rash? Staph. Absolutely. Because... Yeah, staph number one, strep is probably number two. Where's the staph coming from? It lives on all our skin anyway, but unfortunately you explain to the patients, while most of the time it doesn't cause any problems, if it gets into cracks in the skin, unfortunately it'll cause an infective rash, okay? Mm -hmm. What's the first line therapy for most bacterial, i.e. staph rashes? Exactly right. So topical, yes. Can you get topical flu clocks? No. The answer is no. So you're just going to have to learn it's Bactroban. All right. So first line for most bacterial infective rashes is topical Bactroban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's it. Mupirocin. Yeah. Yeah. Before you put the Bactroban on, what should you always be doing because Swap. it is infection? That's right. Okay. Disinfect it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So swabs are important because maybe you're wrong. Maybe it was actually a virus or a fungus or it was a non-sensitive bacteria. Mm-hmm. Let's assume it's two days later, the rash has spread, but it's coming back as sensitive staph. What would you do if the Bactroban hasn't been working? Oral, Oral flu clocks. That's exactly right. Orals work better than creams. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's bacterial rashes in a nutshell. Fungal rashes, they will often look not quite right. A bit red, just not quite right. Doesn't look itchy and dry and scaly like it's a non-infectious dermatitis. But at the same time, the story will give you a lot of clues. So fungus, it tends to just chill and be annoying. So they'll say, I've got this rash for several weeks on end. It's not really painful, but it is a bit tender or it just doesn't look right. What's up with that? And often the story of the location will give you some clues as well. Fungus likes to grow in dark, moist places. So if you're like, oh, so this rash is on my groin or in my armpit, then you're probably dealing with the fungus. Okay. What would you give for a fungal rash? That's right. It's not rocket science. Hey, so what would the first line be for an uncomplicated fungal rash? That's right. Which one? What's the most common one you guys know? Yeah. Hydrazole. 
which is topical. It's combination, so it's topical steroid plus topical antifungal, and I think mm-hmm. it is, yeah, clotrimazole. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always thought steroids made fungal infections worse. Not necessarily. Mm. In fact, it's quite reasonable. You'll find for like nappy rash and stuff like that, they'll <laughs> often say just give hydrazole. Uh, so often it can be helpful. <laughs> yeah. If it's not going away, but you have, con- because you were smart mm-hmm. uh, and it's swabbed it first and it's confirmed fungus, what would your next line be if the topical cream's not working? Oh. That's right. Or fluconazole or something like that. Okay. It's as easy as what that. What's the topical Hydrazole. And is that's that a, just the steroid? Or is no, no, that's a combination of hydrocortisone yeah. plus okay. clotrimazole and Okay. Cool. Okay. So that in a nutshell is pretty much infective rashes. If you look at the rash and you're like, oh, that doesn't look infective. My gut just tells me it's not infective. It's probably not. It's probably that big, broad, freaking blanket of non-infective inflammatory, i.e., and you tell the patient that basically is just Latin for the skin's inflamed and swollen up. Because if you say inflamed, that people don't actually know what that means. So you say the skin cells are inflamed and swollen up, but not because of infection. And they'll say, well, why is that? And you say, well, most of the time we actually don't know, but it doesn't matter because the treatment is always the same and it is... Steroids. In what form? <laughs> topical. Correct. Topical steroids. Okay. So to a degree, chronic rashes is pretty straightforward. If you literally think of it as I'm looking at a rash, does it look infective? And if so, does it look more bacterial or does it look more fungal? Or does it look non-infective inflammatory? Okay. And if that's the case, you go with a topical steroid cream. Let's talk about which ones because it's actually super hard to figure out what the potency relative to each other is on ETG. Mm. So what's an example of your least potent topical steroid that you don't even need a script for you just go to the chemist and get it correct hydrocortisone which is bizarre because iv hydrocortisone is a really potent steroid but in the topical form hydrocort they call it or dermis topical hydrocortisone all the same thing is a weak potency steroid yeah so if it doesn't look that bad start them on that the thinking is the higher the potency, while it will work better, obviously you have the more potential for side effects. What is the number one side effect, if at all, for topical steroid creams? Like skin, thinning. Thin- skin thinning and breakdown of the skin with chronic use. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next in line. So you should all, particularly for you guys getting into general practice later in your careers, anytime you start a cream on a rash, you should always get in the habit of bringing the patient back a week later for two reasons. One, in most cases, that's your number one sort of prognostic tool is to bring them back and see how it looks. Yes, there's punch biopsies, but obviously you won't be punch biopsying every single rash that you... But unfortunately is the case that most doctors don't do that. Mm. So there is huge amounts of poorly treated, not really going away. Patient doesn't really know what to do with it, but feels like, oh, that's just everyday life and that's normal when it's not. We should be able to get rid of the rash. Treatment of dermatitis. Yeah. Okay. So bring everybody back seven days later. If you clearly instruct them to put it on a thin film on the rash every day without fail for seven days, that's a pretty good barometer. So if after seven days it looks exactly the same, you have to either rethink your diagnosis or try a high potency steroid. If it's looking heaps better... The advice should be to use it every day, continued, until the rash completely disappears. 
There is a big misconception, particularly amongst Australian parents, that the rash won't go away forever. But hey, at least that's like a good day for my rash. This bullshit. You, we should aim to get rid of the rash. I wish I could go back in time and show you my dermatitis that I used to have as a kid, and I just thought that was everyday life, and I went to a new GP and they're like, no, no, we can we just need to give it Elicon instead of the Hydrocore, and yeah. Okay. So check them out in seven days' time. If it's working, you need to tell them to keep going, and they might say, oh, I heard, or it says in the pack of instructions, only use limited. Sparingly. Yeah, use sparingly, all that crap. You say, yes, but actually it's gone the other way around and we've actually kind of undertreated everything now, okay? Because on average, if you use it every day until it completely goes away, rather than leaving it and then it's still there and then it grows back, you end up on average using way less steroid cream in the long run mm -hmm. than if you properly treat it. And if that takes two weeks, so be it. If it takes three weeks, so be it, okay? The other the good thing about bringing them back seven days later is that's good for your own dermatology education because it's super hard to teach dermatology because as we've just experienced, it's really hard to learn dermatology from computer screen pictures because it doesn't actually look like that in real life. Yeah. You have to see it with your own eyes and you have to convince yourself this is what it looks like and this is what I'm going to do next time I see it. If the hydrocortisone does not work, what would be your choice for the next potency up hypothetically? Uh, before that, but, uh, no, that's after that. Yes, so celestone's a moderate potency one, and that would be a reasonable. By the way, this isn't the be all and an end all. There's plenty of other ones, but this is sort of my own. God, yeah. Yeah. So hydrocortisone. A week later, it doesn't work. Give celestone a go. A week later, if that doesn't work at all, elicon. Elicon kills most dermatitis. Elicon, it's mometazone. Topical mometazone. Mm. But I tend to use, this is one of the rare circumstances where I tend to use preferentially the trade names because a lot of the products are actually the same active ingredient, just in different uh, concentrations. Yeah. If that doesn't work, your next port of call is diprazone. Diprazone well and truly should kill most things, dermatitis wise. Yeah. If the diprazone doesn't work, you do have one last port of call before you start doing like specialist induced UV therapies and wet wraps and stuff like that. And that's diprazone OV. Diprazone OV is the exact same product as diprazone, except it has some oil in it, non-pharmaceutical oil like olive oil or something. I can't remember what oil. But yeah, it then makes it work even better. I'm not a chemist. Um, the downside about diprazone OV is it's not Medicare rebatable. So the other ones are... If you've got, I think it's like from 10 to 20% onwards of your body covered, then yes, you can get a PBS rebate on it. So Medicare pays to bit of the cost of the medication. Diprazone OV does not. So hopefully you've got some free samples in your car, but otherwise it can be quite expensive. But at that point, if you can you know, get rid of the dermatitis, nobody's complaining. If you haven't already, if that doesn't work, because by that time you've tried like five, six different steroid creams, it would be very reasonable and reasonable if you were in doubt even before that to do a punch biopsy. And that's really good because the misconception is punch biopsy is only really good investigating whether it's a skin malignancy. It's actually really good for dermatitis as well. And it'll give you a nice clear line saying, you know, the appearance consistent with spongiotic dermatitis. Because I will say, you know, we think of dermatitis as a non-infective inflammatory rash, which looks like your classic dry, scaly skin. 
that's inflamed. It comes in a lot of different shapes and forms. So there's an entity called spongiotic dermatitis, which diagnostically was just confusing the hell out of me for ages until I started punch biopsying all of them and they all came back as spongiotic dermatitis. And it looks like big red dots, kind of like pimples, but they don't look mm. infective. Yeah, so that doesn't look like your stock standard eczema, does it? No, at all. But it totally went away with Helicon, so who the f*** is? <laughs> okay. I love well, this that. practice to life in medicine. Yep. So just to recap our treatment algorithm for rashes, it's literally look at the rash. Does it look infective or does it look non-infective inflammatory? If it looks infective, does it look bacterial or does it look fungal? Swab it first and see how you go empirically. If it looks non-infective, go through your pyramid of um, uh, steroid creams. Any question about that? Good. Does that kind of clear up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a dermatology, You've been listening to GP Life Hacks with Dr. David Lamb. Music by Nathan Huiyi. Stop it and say she still is mine.